This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Spectrum Business works with small businesses nationwide, so we know that running your own business means doing it all. Marketing, sales, inventory, customer service, and more. Spectrum One for Business helps you keep it all connected for just $49.99 a month. Get fast, reliable internet, advanced Wi-Fi with security shield, and a free mobile line for one low price. Stay connected and do it all with Spectrum One for Business. Only $49.99 a month. Go to spectrum.com slash business to learn more. Restrictions apply. Services not available in all areas. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Due to the graphic nature of this cult's crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of graphic material that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for listeners under 13. On the night of June 29, 1967, 34-year-old Jane Mansfield was riding along US-90 near the Wrigley's Bridge just outside New Orleans. Mansfield was joined by driver Ronnie Harrison, her three children, and her attorney and partner, Sam Brody. Months earlier, Brody had gotten into an argument with Church of Satan leader Anton LaVey after desecrating his chapel. LaVey had cursed Brody and proclaimed that he would be dead within months. At about 2.25 a.m., a truck spraying insecticide created a fog on the road. This caused a tractor-trailer ahead of Mansfield's car to slow down. Harrison, unable to see the tractor-trailer, drove full speed into its rear. Mansfield, Brody, and Harrison were killed instantly. At that very moment, 38-year-old Anton LaVey was at his home in San Francisco, cutting out photos of himself from a magazine. As he was about to paste a clipping into his scrapbook, he noticed a story on the back of the clipping about Jane Mansfield. LeVay noticed that in clipping the article, he had inadvertently cut the photo of Mansfield right across her neck. Moments later, his phone rang. It was a reporter calling to inform him of Mansfield's tragic death. Anton was stunned. Then the reporter delivered the most chilling news. In the crash, Mansfield's head had been almost completely severed from her body, an almost clean cut right across her neck. Hi, I'm Greg Polson. And I'm Vanessa Richardson. And this is Cults on the Parcast Network. Today we continue our deep dive into the Church of Satan, founded in 1960s San Francisco by Anton LaVey the self-appointed high priest and arguably the most famous Satanist in history. Based on a philosophy that emphasized the carnal, lustful instincts of man, LaVey grew his church from a small weekly gathering of people to a worldwide organization 
with thousands of members. You can listen to previous episodes of Cults, as well as all of ParCast's other shows, wherever you listen to podcasts. A new episode comes out every Tuesday. Many of you have asked how you can help support the show. And if you enjoy the podcast, the best way to do that is to leave a five-star review. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as at ParCast and on Twitter at ParCast Network. In our last episode, we focused on the life of Anton LaVey, born on April 11, 1930, in Chicago, Illinois. As a teenager, he spent his time at carnivals and circuses, working as a musician and lion tamer. As he grew older, he developed an interest in the occult. We also covered the founding of the Church of Satan on April 30, 1966, an organization centered around rational free thinking and a disdain for the hypocrisy of Christianity. Its members were skeptical atheists who advocated materialism and individualism. In this episode, we'll focus on how the church evolved as Anton LaVey became more popular, particularly among members of the entertainment industry. We'll also look at his loss of control over the church and examine why some of LaVey's followers abandoned him. Finally, we'll examine how the cult has fared since LaVey's death in 2001. On February 1st, 1967, less than a year after the formation of the Church of Satan, Anton LaVey was asked to perform a satanic wedding ceremony for two of its members. John Raymond, the groom, was a politically radical journalist. Judith Case, the bride, was a New York socialite and daughter of a prominent attorney. Due to their notoriety, the wedding became a huge news item. On the day of the ceremony, reporters and photographers from newspapers all around the world gathered at the Black House to witness the event. It was considered so important that Joe Rosenthal, the photographer who captured the iconic shot of soldiers raising the American flag on Iwo Jima, was assigned by the San Francisco Chronicle to cover the wedding. The crowd was so big that police were forced to cordon off the area. Ever the showman, Anton LaVey rose to the occasion. Using his knowledge of dramatic presentation and stage magic from his carnival days, he created a spectacle designed to thrill and shock in equal measure. In the video footage of the ceremony, the couple is seen standing before an altar, upon which lies a nude, red-headed woman. Anton LaVey, dressed in a black cape and devil horns, waves a sword over the couple's heads as he pronounces them husband and wife in the eyes of Satan. The press ate it up. They dubbed Anton the Black Pope, and he was inundated with requests for interviews. Before long, magazines were doing in-depth cover stories about the rising tide of Satanism and its figurehead, Anton LaVey. Around this time, new members were drawn to the church, some of them famous. Barbara McNair, the actress and singer, was in attendance at John Raymond and Judith Case's wedding. It's unclear how seriously McNair bought into the satanic ritual element. Perhaps she saw this as a fun, unique piece of theater. Nonetheless, Anton LaVey seemed to particularly enjoy the company of those in the entertainment industry, and this highly publicized event was the beginning of a relationship between Anton and Hollywood that would last for many years. Vanessa's going to take over on the psychology here and throughout the episode. Please note, Vanessa is not a licensed psychologist or psychiatrist, but she has done a lot of research for this show. Thanks, Greg. Anton LaVey's desire to be part of the celebrity world makes sense, since that world is especially welcoming to narcissists. 
in a 2006 study, doctors Drew Pinsky and Mark Young studied 200 celebrities using the Narcissistic Personality Inventory. They found that celebrities are 17.84% more narcissistic than members of the general public. The constant attention and adulation that celebrities receive on a daily basis would be pure fuel for the narcissist. During this period, Anton LaVey came into contact with someone else of note, future Manson family member Susan Atkins. In 1967, Anton was curating an event called the Topless Witches Review at a San Francisco night spot in North Beach. Atkins was working as a stripper at the club when LaVey saw her perform. He approached her boss, Mr. Garnett, about hiring her to perform in the show. Her role was a topless vampire who emerges from a coffin and dances around the stage in a cape. She was immediately struck by LaVey, particularly his physical appearance. Atkins said, quote, The man seemed to be dressed entirely in black. His face and the top of his bald head were extraordinarily pale, white. The intensity of the stranger's black eyes deepened as he watched my movements, end quote. In reflecting on this time, Anton remembered her as just another hate street burnout. LeVay said, quote, She'd beg off rehearsals, saying she had a fever of 108, but in the end, she made a fine vampire, end quote. LeVay invited Atkins back to the Black House for gatherings and rituals, and the pair became very close for a short time. During the same period, Atkins spiraled into an endless cycle of alcohol, drugs, and casual sex. Her boyfriend at the time expressed concern that being in LeVay's show was negatively affecting her. Atkins was not yet involved with the notorious cult leader, Charles Manson. It would be two years until she and three other members of the Manson family murdered five people in one bloody night. But in her 1977 book, Child of Satan, Child of God, Atkins singles out LaVey as the catalyst for her downfall. She wrote, quote, The show was a smash hit along the strip. Garnet had scored big. But the witch's Sabbath and my total sellout to LSD, marijuana, and hashish, and to sex with virtually any attractive man, landed me in the hospital in four months. I was half dead from gonorrhea and had a complete physical breakdown, end quote. LeVay maintains that he did not have a negative influence on Atkins. He claims that her account of this time period was simply a ruse to blame Satanism and LeVay for her descent into madness, a madness that would ultimately lead her to fall under the spell of Charles Manson. This was the only contact between LeVay and Atkins. She never became a fully-fledged member of the Church of Satan. Realizing the importance of building on his newfound notoriety in the wake of the satanic wedding, Anton LaVey decided to perform another eye-catching stunt, the world's first satanic baptism. LaVey said, quote, rather than cleanse the child of original sin, as in the Christian baptism imposing unwarranted quilts, we will glorify her natural instincts and intensify her lust for life, end quote. The subject of this satanic baptism? LaVey's own three-year-old daughter, Zena. It would be a startling visual, the blonde, smiling, angelic child being blessed in the name of the devil. The baptism was set for May 23, 1967. Once again, the media descended upon the Black House in hordes, with some photographers showing up 15 hours before the ceremony was due to begin. 
Church of Satan member and author Kurt Saxon made a special amulet for Zena just for the occasion. It was a colorful Baphomet, a 19th century deity often incorporated into occult traditions. Of course, since it was a baptism for a child, it also featured playful images like ice cream cones and lollipops. Anton's wife, Diane, dressed their daughter in a bright red hooded robe and sat her on the edge of the altar, happily allowing photographers to snap away to their heart's content. The baptism provoked a great deal of outrage from Christian organizations and other concerned citizens. However, there was little they could do. Anton LaVey was becoming a cult celebrity. A month later, LaVey experienced the tragic death of a close friend. On June 29, 1967, Shane Mansfield was killed in a car accident. LaVey was devastated, particularly since he had cursed her partner, Sam Brody, who also died in the accident. Months earlier, Brody had entered LaVey's chapel without asking and desecrated a candle that was reserved for destruction rituals. On the Friday night following Mansfield's death, LaVey held a private satanic memorial service for her at the Black House. During the ritual, he blasphemed Sam Brody's soul and paid tribute to Jane Mansfield's enthusiasm for life, as well as her dedication to the ideals of Satan. However, LaVey didn't let Mansfield's death slow his desire to expand his church. Due to the recent publicity he had enjoyed, membership in the Church of Satan was steadily growing. Church of Satan membership operates on a system of degrees, functioning more like an actual church than a cult. The first degree is active membership. In order to be approved for active membership, individuals are required to submit an application as well as answer a lengthy series of questions. Promotion to a higher degree is by invitation only, and the requirements for each degree are not made available to the public. Members of the third through fifth degrees constitute the priesthood. This is the highest level attainable for a Church of Satan member. LaVey devised a system of five initiatory levels that the individual could advance through by demonstrating knowledge of satanic philosophy, as well as evidence of relevant personal accomplishments in life. These levels are known as Apprentice, Satanist First Degree, Brother or Sister of the Cauldron, Witch or Warlock Second Degree, Priest or Priestess of Mendez, Wizard or Enchantress Third Degree, Magister Cabami, Magister Templi, Magister Magnus, Magister Fourth Degree, and Magister Satanus, Magus Fifth Degree. All prospective members are required to pay a $225 fee and fill out a registration statement. Once they're approved, they're given lifetime memberships and are not required to pay annual fees. In 1968, sensing an opportunity to expand the Church of Satan beyond San Francisco, LaVey established a number of branches of the church that he termed grottos. These included the Babylon Grotto in Detroit, the Stygian Grotto in Dayton, and the Lilith Grotto in New York City. LaVey visited his constituents around the world, wherever he traveled, blessing them with papal visits to their grottos. He was typically greeted by the enthusiastic constituents with an excess of ceremony. However, this pomp and circumstance did not impress him. LaVey said, quote, It became rather embarrassing after a while. I'd step off the plane and there they'd be, all huddled together to meet me in their black velvet robes and capes with huge baphomets around their necks. Many of our grassroots people didn't know much about subtlety then, or decorum. 
I was trying to present a cultured, mannered image, and their idea of protest or shock was to wear their lodge regalia into the nearest Denny's, end quote. Anton's disdain for these individuals was clear. According to recovery expert Dr. Sherry Steins, narcissists often enjoy feelings of contempt or disdain. This can be a result of projected shame and rage. The narcissist who is incapable of experiencing any depth of vulnerability projects their shame and rage outwards onto certain targets so they don't have to carry this shame and rage within themselves. This projection can sometimes take on the form of disdain, disgust, and contempt. LeVay clearly wanted to surround himself with individuals who he felt were cultured and sophisticated. Artists, writers, actors, musicians, and so on. These constituents that he met on his travels, however, were the total opposite. This was the first sign that made LeVay realize that outside California, the Church of Satan was growing into something very different. In an effort to correct what he saw as bad Satanism forming across the country, Anton released a vinyl LP entitled The Satanic Mass in 1968. Issued on his own label, Mergenstrom, this record contained the audio recording of the baptism of his daughter Zena on side one. On side two, his recital of the then unpublished book, The Satanic Bible. At this point, it was little more than a collection of essays and musings on the occult. However, it formed the basis for what would eventually become the single most important document to influence contemporary Satanism. We'll follow the success of the Satanic Bible in a moment. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Now back to the story. It was 1968 and Anton LaVey had just released an audio recording featuring excerpts from The Satanic Bible, a collection of writing that was still very much a work in progress. However, the idea of releasing The Satanic Bible as a full-length book did not actually originate with Anton. Rather, an Avon Books editor named Peter Mayer, following the immense success of the film Rosemary's Baby, in which LaVey had a small role, and the subsequent rise in popularity of Satanism and the occult, Mayer decided the time was right for a Satanic Bible. He could think of only one man to author it. Mayer approached LaVey about the project, and he immediately jumped at the opportunity. Anton and his partner Diane assembled their existing material expanded on it, and wove it together to create the core of the Satanic Bible. This material included a short paper that served as an introduction to Satanism, an assortment of polemical essays, and a handout containing instructions for ritual magic. However, Anton and Diane ran into a problem. 
even after fleshing out their pre-existing material, their manuscript was still nowhere near the required length of approximately 250 pages that their publisher was expecting. With a rapidly approaching deadline, LeVay made the curious decision to tack on writing by other authors onto the beginning and end of his manuscript in order to make up the page count. What's more, LeVay chose not to credit his sources, essentially plagiarizing the material. The prologue of the Satanic Bible is in fact a section of Might is Right by New Zealand author Arthur Desmond. LeVay also borrowed the Anakian Keys, a series of Elizabethan magical incantations, as modified by Aleister Crowley. While seasoned occultists immediately recognized Anton's source for the keys, it would be almost 20 years before the source of the prologue was discovered. Some have also accused LeVay of paraphrasing the nine satanic statements, one of the church's central doctrinal statements, from Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. LeVay eventually acknowledged that this was the case, stating that his religion was, quote, just Ayn Rand's philosophy with ceremony and ritual added, end quote. The Satanic Bible was published by Avon Books in 1969. Despite the fact that it was assembled in a piecemeal fashion from various different sources, the book still manages to be a coherent and attractive statement of Satanic thought and practice. In Michael Aquino's 1999 book, The Church of Satan, he writes, quote, the Satanic Bible was somehow more than the sum of its parts. Its argument was an argument of common sense, assembled in part from pre-existing concepts. But the excellence of the book lay in its integration of these into a code of life meaningful to the average individual, not just to occultists and or academic-level philosophers." End quote. In releasing this book, LaVey codified the central tenets of LaVeyan Satanism. LaVeyan Satanists do not believe that Satan literally exists, nor do they worship him. Rather, Satan is seen as a positive archetype that represents pride, carnality, and enlightenment. In the 1969 documentary, The Devil's Mass, LaVey and several members of the Church of Satan were interviewed about what the organization means to them. What comes across in the testimony of these members is that the church seems to function as a type of social club for them. It was a place for them to spend time with like-minded individuals and, perhaps more importantly, pursue all of their lustful desires. In one of his many interviews in The Devil's Mass, Anton LaVey spoke of sexual freedom as being a prerequisite for membership in the Church of Satan. He felt that individuals should be free to indulge in all of the so-called fetishes and aberrations that they desire, without being made to feel like they were sick or perverted. Things like orgies, BDSM, niche fetishes, anything short of bestiality and assault were welcome. What's more, LeVay strongly believed that a time would soon come when everyone on Earth would be revealed to be a sexual pervert or fetishist. When that time came, those individuals who were not perverted would be the exception, not the rule. LeVay said, quote, If you're going to be a sinner, be the best sinner on the block. If you're going to do something naughty, do it. Realize that you're doing something naughty and enjoy it. End quote. It's perhaps no surprise that sex featured heavily on the agenda for members of the Church of Satan. At its root level, sex and sexuality is intimately linked with mortality, more specifically death. In Sigmund Freud's poetic notion of eros and thanatos, the positive sexual life instinct does eternal battle with the negative death instinct. 
he believed that sex ultimately defeats death. Interestingly, Anton and the other members of the Church of Satan were very accepting of homosexuality. According to Anton, Satanism involves a natural acceptance of people as how they really are. For the late 60s, this was a remarkably progressive viewpoint. While Church of Satan members did not treat the Satanic Bible as a sacred text in the way that many other religious groups treat their holy texts, it essentially functioned as scripture within the Satanic community. In a 2002 paper in the Marburg Journal of Religion, James R. Lewis wrote, quote, LeVay's work is quoted to legitimate particular positions, as well as to delegitimize the positions of other Satanists, end quote. Since its release, the Satanic Bible has sold over one million copies and has been translated into Danish, Swedish, German, Spanish, Finnish, and Turkish. It's had over 30 printings since its initial release and has never gone out of print. It's considered by many to be the single most important document to influence contemporary Satanism. While 1969 was a successful year in many ways for LeVay, it also brought some negative attention. On the night of August 8th, Susan Atkins and three other members of the Manson family entered the Los Angeles home of actress Sharon Tate and director Roman Polanski. Tate was eight and a half months pregnant at the time and was hosting her friend Jay Sebring, screenwriter Wojciech Frakowski, and Frakowski's lover, Abigail Folger. All four were violently murdered by Atkins and her cohorts. Despite the fact that LeVay was not involved with the murders, the apparent ritualistic nature of the crime, along with the media suggestions that the Manson family was a satanic cult, led to a great deal of unwanted publicity. LeVay was forced to give countless interviews, underscoring the difference between the values of the Manson family and the Church of Satan. The public was not aware of LeVay's connection to Susan Atkins. According to LeVay's daughter, Zena, he was very afraid that the media would leak this information and bring more suspicion upon the church. Ultimately, LeVay managed to conceal his link with Atkins until her 1977 tell-all autobiography. By this point, it was no longer a big news story. The Satanic Bible was followed closely by LeVay's next book, The Complete Witch, or What to Do When Virtue Fails, in 1971. It was released by a different publisher, Dodd Mead & Company. LeVay was unhappy with the finished product, claiming that the publishing house heavily edited his manuscript and sanitized his ideas. In 1972, Anton returned to Avon for his next book, The Satanic Rituals, which was conceived as a companion to the Satanic Bible. The book outlines nine rituals and ceremonies intended for group performance. One of the ceremonies included was LeVay's own satanic baptism that he performed for his daughter, Zena. When the Church of Satan was in its infancy, LeVay freely printed his address and phone number on posters and fake folded money that he left on the street to be found by passers-by. He also allowed reporters to print the address of the Black House as they wished. LeVay said, quote, I don't like to think I was naive during that period of my life. I just wanted the Church of Satan to be honest, open, and above board. I also had a dream of being able to work out of my own home, as most of my friends did who were writers or performers. I envisioned the pleasure of rolling out of bed and having your work right there waiting for you without having to get in your car and drive to an office or another location. I didn't think that was unreasonable, but I didn't understand then how treacherous people could be." End quote. 
LaVey also had to consider the safety of his children. Speaking as adults, LaVey's daughters Zena and Carla claimed that their only fear of being raised by a Satanist came from the outside. There were people who were threatened by what their father was trying to do and wanted to give him a bad time. Zena recalled a particular incident she experienced one day coming home from school. As she arrived home, she saw a man waiting on her front doorstep with a butcher's knife. She did as she had been instructed by her parents and kept walking past the house, pretending she didn't live there. While no harm ever came to her, incidents like this were becoming increasingly common. After that, LaVey decided to be more private about his and his family's whereabouts. After a few years, LaVey also began cutting back on the administrative demands of the church. It took a lot of time and effort to preside over his flock, as well as handle the church's public relations. LaVey wanted to focus his energies on personal projects, such as writing. He decided to take a back seat for the time being and allow the Church of Satan members to build upon his vision in their own way. LaVey said, quote, After that original blast, there was no need for the ongoing public spectacle and outrage of an inverted Catholic mass anymore. Christianity was becoming weaker every day. That was just beating a dead horse. There were plenty of other sacred cows to attack. And that's what keeps Satanism vital and thriving, end quote. All weekly public ceremonies in the Black House stopped in 1972. Responsibility for satanic activities was shifted to the dozens of satanic grottos established around the world, with the Black House, also known as the Central Grotto, serving only to screen, approve, and direct potential active members in the Church of Satan. In the early to mid-70s, LaVey relocated back to Los Angeles. There, he lived at 10100 Sunset Boulevard, also known as the Pink Palace, the home that formerly belonged to Jane Mansfield. The house had been acquired by another Church of Satan member after Jane's tragic death. The church member offered it to LaVey, who gladly accepted. He was happy to spend time in his friend's former home as a way of connecting to her memory. Hollywood suited Anton LaVey. Movie stars found it easy to align themselves with him and his unique philosophy. LaVey felt welcomed and admired by these individuals. They accepted him for who he was and never challenged his love of theatrics. During this period in the early 70s, LaVey served as a consultant on several Hollywood films, specifically those with a horror or satanic bent. This included Abominable Dr. Fibes, in which Vincent Price played a character based on LaVey. He also consulted on The Devil's Reign, a schlocky horror film starring Ernest Borgnine, William Shatner, and a young John Travolta. However, LaVey was about to hit his first real setback. In 1973, one year after the release of The Satanic Rituals, LaVey's agent presented his next book, The Devil's Notebook, at the annual International Book Fair in Frankfurt. At the book fair, there was an enthusiastic bidding war over the manuscript. However, when editors brought it back to New York to take a closer look, they ultimately decided they did not want to release it. Meanwhile, by 1973, Anton LaVey was beginning to lose control over the Church of Satan. Splinter groups formed by several of the regional church heads began to pop up around the country. Group leaders from Michigan, Ohio, and Florida formed the Church of the Satanic Brotherhood. Members in Kentucky and Indiana left to form the Ordo Templi Santis. Both of these new churches were short-lived, but Anton was furious that his followers had defied him in this way. 
LeVay knew that he needed to centralize control of his church once again and prevent further schisms. He wanted to return to the core values that defined the organization's early years. He wanted his church back. We'll follow Anton's attempts to reclaim his church after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now back to the story. It was 1973, and a schism had occurred in the Church of Satan, with several regional leaders leaving to form their own splinter groups. Anton LaVey knew that he needed to reestablish control of the church, and fast. So he decided to disband the remaining local grottos of the Church of Satan. Speaking about this tumultuous period, LaVey said, quote, Instead of fostering self-sufficiency and honest skepticism, I saw my group lapsing into blind belief and unhealthy anthropomorphism. That's not what I intended, and I had to make moves to get the Church of Satan back on track." End quote. In 1975, LaVey made the controversial decision to begin selling degrees in the priesthood. Prior to this point, individuals were required to answer a lengthy series of specialized questions before being approved for active membership. Now, anyone who had the money could be admitted. This new policy rankled some of the membership, including high-ranking member of the church, Michael Aquino. Aquino was a former military intelligence officer who specialized in psychological warfare. After joining the Church of Satan in 1969, he quickly rose through the ranks— by 1971, he was ranked as a Magister Caverns of the Fourth Degree and edited the church's publication, The Cloven Hoof. Anton LaVey placed a lot of trust in Michael Aquino, and in 1973, LaVey bestowed upon him the previously unattained rank of Magister Templi of the Fourth Degree. By this point, Aquino was considered by many to be LaVey's right-hand man in the church. However, Michael Aquino believed the satanic priesthood to be sacred and irrevocable. So when he learned of LaVey's plan to sell degrees in the priesthood, Aquino chose to resign and form his own organization, the Temple of Set, in 1975. The name refers to Set, the Egyptian god of the desert. Aquino claimed that during a ritual in which he evoked Satan, the devil revealed that his true name was that of the Egyptian deity. Many former members of the Church of Satan flocked to this new group whose central tenet was that members should seek self-deification and thus attain an immortality of consciousness. When asked about this in a 1991 Rolling Stone interview, Aquino said, quote, In my letter of resignation, I said essentially that the Church of Satan is not the same thing as the Church of Anton LaVey. Those priesthoods are not yours to sell, end quote. 
By selling degrees in this way, LeVay was unintentionally taking psychological ownership away from his members. In a 2004 study by Lynn Van Dyne and John L. Pierce, they found positive links between psychological ownership for an organization and employee attitudes, such as organizational commitment and job satisfaction. Thus, the less psychological ownership that Aquino felt as a member of the Church of Satan, the less likely he was to want to be a part of it. Aquino believed that LeVay was turning his back on Satan and on the members of his church who had built an organization that they could be proud of. He claims that Anton lapsed into a bitter retreat from which he never emerged. Perhaps unsurprisingly, LeVay's version of events was a little different. In a 1991 interview with Lawrence Wright for Rolling Stone, LeVay said, quote, It was not a schism, it was a drop in the bucket. Aquino took 28 people with him and started spreading the rumor that the Church of Satan was defunct and that he had gotten the divine word from the man downstairs to take over, end quote. LeVay felt he still had control of his church. He decided to reinstate the grotto system in 1980, although this time it wasn't strictly managed through the central grotto. LeVay wanted the church to become a truly cabalistic underground rather than degenerating into a long-running public pageant or a pen pal club for Satanists. LeVay was adamant that an individual's status within the Church of Satan should reflect their status outside the organization. In other words, high-ranking people in the world outside should hold a similar position within the group and vice versa. During this period, LeVay became more selective about granting interviews to media outlets. This, coupled with the fact that his doors were no longer open to anyone off the street for his lectures, led to rumors of the end of the Church of Satan and of Anton LaVey's death. After many years as the center of attention, LaVey was becoming a ghost. It was now the early 80s, and Anton LaVey had spent the past several years out of the public eye. For someone who previously craved the spotlight, he had become a relative hermit. In 1984, Anton LaVey separated from his partner, Diane Hegarty, and began a relationship with his personal assistant, Blanche Barton. In 1988, Hegarty filed a court case against LaVey, claiming that she was entitled to half of the church and the Black House. The court agreed. In 1991, Anton LaVey lost ownership of the Black House on California Street. A San Francisco judge ordered him to sell the property along with all of his satanic memorabilia, and split the money with Diane Hegarty. Included among the artifacts that Anton was forced to part with were a shrunken head, a reproduction of King Tut's sarcophagus, and a stuffed wolf. Despite losing ownership of the house, LeVay was able to maintain residence there. He sold the property to a wealthy friend, property developer Donald Warby, who allowed him to continue living there for free. However, it was around this time that Anton LaVey's self-created image began to be seriously challenged by others. Most notably, a 1991 Rolling Stone article by Lawrence Wright reported that many of LaVey's claims about his life were entirely falsified. Wright found that no one by the name of LaVey ever worked as a musician or cat trainer for the Beatty Circus. He also discovered that neither LaVey nor Marilyn Monroe ever worked for the Mayan Burlesque Theater. Finally, he confirmed that LaVey never worked for the San Francisco Police Department. This led Wright to remark that, quote, Later, as I began to take apart the literary creation he had made of his life, I would realize that, 
Anton LaVey was itself his supreme creation, his ultimate satanic object, a sort of android composed of all the elements his mysterious creator had chosen from the universe of dark possibilities, end quote. In 1992, Anton LaVey published his fourth book, his first in 20 years, entitled The Devil's Notebook. It was a collection of 41 essays on topics such as Nazism, cannibalism, terrorism, and the construction of artificial human companions. The book sold modestly, enjoying only a fraction of the success of the Satanic Bible. In 1994, Anton LaVey released his first album, Strange Music. This was followed shortly by Satan Takes a Holiday in 1995. These records featured LaVey on synthesizer, performing many of the old standards he had supposedly played at carnivals, burlesque houses, and circuses over the years. For the majority of the 90s, however, Anton LaVey remained out of the public eye. Some believed he was displaying increasingly paranoid behavior during this time. There were also rumors he suffered from a heart condition. On October 29, 1997, Anton LaVey died of a pulmonary edema at St. Mary's Hospital in San Francisco. He was 67 years old. According to family spokesman Lee Housekeeper, LaVey's death certificate listed his death as Halloween morning, two days later. A satanic funeral was held for LaVey at Woodlawn Memorial Chapel in Colma, California. Because of security concerns, it was kept a secret and only close family members were present. The media did not learn of Anton LaVey's death until 10 days after it occurred. On November 8, 1997, Anton LaVey's daughter Carla and his longtime companion Blanche Barton held a press conference at the Black House to finally announce his passing. According to a San Francisco Chronicle article, quote, It was a news conference unlike any other. Black velvet curtains kept the autumn sunlight out of the living room in the Richmond District Victorian. Daggers hung on the wall, a skull perched on top of the organ, end quote. And at the center of the room stood a life-size wax figure of Anton LaVey. The figure was dressed in Anton's black cape, and its right hand was aloft, giving the devil horn gesture. The other purpose of the conference was for high priestesses Carla LaVey and Blanche Barton to announce that they would be continuing on Anton LaVey's work. Later that same year, the Church of Satan established its first official website. However, Anton LaVey's reputation took another hit soon after. In 1998, Anton's estranged daughter Zena LaVey Schreck and her husband Nicholas Schreck published a nine-page fact sheet entitled Anton LaVey, Legend and Reality. Not only did this document back up all the points made by Lawrence Wright in his 1991 Rolling Stone article, it also dismissed many of Anton LaVey's other claims about his life. For example, it suggested that Anton never had a gypsy grandmother. It also stated that Anton never purchased the Black House, nor had it ever been a brothel. In fact, the home was given to him by his parents, who had lived there previously. The document also refuted the notion that Anton LaVey had ever been involved romantically with Marilyn Monroe. While the Church of Satan has disputed some of these challenges to Anton LaVey's reputation, they have conspicuously ignored others. We may never know the real truth of Anton LaVey's biography, but it's clear that his account of his life story must be taken with a heavy pinch of salt. By 1999, LaVey's family and Church of Satan members were fighting amongst themselves over the Black House, and it quickly fell into disrepair. 
A January 1999 article in the San Francisco Chronicle stated that, quote, the property at 6114 California Street looks like the Adams family home after a Saturday night frat party. Smashed furniture and a soiled mattress lay amid a mountain of garbage in the small front yard behind a tall chain link fence topped with barbed wire, end quote. While Church of Satan members attempted to raise funds to buy back the Victorian house, they were unsuccessful. The Black House was demolished on October 17, 2001. Since 2001, the Church of Satan's headquarters has been, appropriately enough, in Hell's Kitchen, New York City. That year, the church also welcomed a new high priest, Peter H. Gilmore, who retains the position to this day. It's unclear how many people are currently members of the Church of Satan. Since its inception, the organization has refused to give out a precise count. LeVay felt that if membership numbers were ever judged to be too large, people might find the church threatening. However, the church experienced an exodus of members to online groups in the 2000s. So it is fair to say that numbers are not what they were during the heyday of Anton LaVey's reign. With the advent of the internet, it's possible that prospective members can now find what they're looking for in niche subforums and online groups, instead of gathering with like-minded individuals in person. Perhaps in this modern age, there is less need for an organization like the Church of Satan. While no one can deny the impact Anton LaVey had on modern Satanism, the details of his life will always be subject to dispute. Those who follow him will undoubtedly take him at his word. However, skeptics will point to the many proven inaccuracies and fabrications that pervade his personal history. In Lawrence Wright's 1991 Rolling Stone article about Anton LaVey, the author perfectly sums up this dichotomy. He wrote, quote, the details of his life, both real and fabricated, are craftily fitted to the iconography of pop culture. Anton LaVey is an imaginary creation, as real and as false as a soap opera character, or a comic book anti-hero, end quote. One can't help but feel that LaVey would appreciate this description. Thanks again for tuning in to Cults. We'll be back with another episode next Tuesday. Some of you have asked how you can help the show. If you enjoy Cults, the best way to help is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. You can find Cults and all of ParCast's podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, CastBox, TuneIn, or on your favorite podcast directory. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll see you next time. Cults was created by Max Cutler and is a production of Cutler Media and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Paul Mahler, Maggie Admire, and Carly Madden. Cults is written by John Purcell and stars Greg Polson and Vanessa Richardson.